Dave from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Darren! <laughs> what, what was that? I don't know. You... I, just, I just felt like mixing it up a little bit. Did that, did that not work? I mean, I mean, it worked if you wanted to uh, give me a heart attack, yeah. Oh, like okay. I... Well, yeah, that is... That is my goal with this podcast. I'm playing the long game. Um, I see. I, you know, I lull you into a false sense of security for three years. <laughs> and then <laughs> episode 174, I spring it on you. It's like, he has a weak heart. Now it's the time to strike. <laughs> That's right. That was my big finish. That's Like I said, I'm playing the long game. So how are you doing, buddy? I'm all right, man. Doing okay. Uh, middle of February. Uh, yeah. Super Bowl weekend, Valentine's mm. Day, Black History Month. My lord, this month has it all. Yes, it's got a lot packed into just 28 days or 29 days. It's not a leap year, is it? Uh, I don't know. No, it's 28 days. It's not a leap year. It's just a regular 28-day okay. February. So. It's a regular-ass day. Regular-ass day. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, but uh, yeah, like you said, uh, it's uh, it's Super Bowl weekend for us. We're recording this on Saturday, so we can both watch the big game tomorrow, the the superb owl game. Uh, but uh, folks won't be hearing this until after the Super Bowl. So, hello, folks in the future. Hello out there. Who won? Did I mean who should we bet on? Yeah, you know, write us and let us know. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, the me from the future comes back. You know, later to me later tonight with a with, like, with an almanac of all the winners, so I can bet on who will win the Super Bowl tomorrow. Right, and then you can uh, marry Leia Thompson and force her to get a boob job. Apparently, that's the dream. Yeah. Yep. And then you know, start a casino. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. And uh, make your your hometown into a dystopia. <laughs> that's. I mean, hey, man, isn't that every boy's dream? It is every boy's dream. I mean, that was, hey, Leah Thompson was certainly my dream in 1985, I would say. Hey, um, no. So, yeah. So, uh, since it is uh, Super Bowl Sunday coming up, or just past, uh, as you're hearing this, uh, we decided to do a football-themed SNL movie. Uh, we did uh, Adam Sandler's movie remake of The Longest Yard, which is a uh, remake of the 1974 Burt Reynolds movie also which, called the longest yard yes which neither one of us have seen so uh yeah so we're doing this uh the longest yard like you said it has adam sandler chris rock uh james cromwell nelly yeah. Burt reynolds himself coming back um uh, mm-hmm. tracy morgan uh, we see rob schneider in there for a bit yeah uh, yeah yeah directed by peter siegel who uh who uh, Sandler has worked with before. He's Peter Siegel directed Tommy Boy. He mm-hmm. directed uh, Anger Management with Adam Sandler, 51st Dates with Adam Sandler. So he's uh, he's worked with him uh, before in the past. Yeah, uh, we, started, we were saying before we started recording, it's like if you're in Adam Sandler's crew, you're, you're in for life. It's like, because Sandler, he's very good at just about like giving parts in his movies to, to his friends and stuff like that. So, right. so yeah. like people, if you can find a, a Sandler in your midst mm-hmm. or just go to Sandler himself and just buddy up with that person, yes. be friends with him and, you know, uh, just buy him a cup of coffee just because just 
and he'll remember that. You'll be his friend, and then you will eat for life. Yeah, I mean, Sandler is apparently one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. I mean, I think everybody who is who knows him and works with him just talks about what a prince the guy is. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, say what you will about his films. You know, some are uh, a little bit better than others. We'll say that, uh, mm-hmm. but. Like, I mean, you can't deny that the dude does have a strong work ethic, work ethic, and he, like, genuinely cares about his friends and looking out for his, his people. Like, I, you can't deny that. This is true. This is true. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, we, we haven't seen the original of this movie, so we're coming to this with almost no context whatsoever. Um you know, I thought I thought about watching the original, but then I thought better of it, and I was just like, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that." It might be interesting to see the remake first, you know? Yeah, like I mean, I didn't know if the original had like such a fervent fan base that so many people would want the re- reboot or the remake to, you know, stay close to the original material or what. But uh, I don't know. From I what think, I've, I think it was like it was. It, I think it did well in its time. And I think it was probably fondly thought of, but it was done in 1974. So I think its time had was like far enough in the past that I think it was pretty safe to remake it by that point. Right. And uh, so and remake it. They did. This movie came out May 27th, 2005 Memorial Day weekend mm. had a budget of uh, 90 mil box office, 191.5 mil. So this uh, this made some money. Did okay. Well, I mean, that's smart to keep the cost down enough, and you know, so it didn't uh, didn't cost too much to make. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I imagine all their money went into all the song breaks that they had throughout this entire movie. A lot like, of song breaks in this movie. Yes, yes. Um, like, before you, well, go ahead. Well, no, I was just gonna quip that. Yeah, like it, it was basically like the first ten minutes of Suicide Squad, mm. but throughout an entire movie. Like literally, just a. I mean, but it makes sense because uh, this is like an MTV Films production. So yeah, that's you know. true. That's true. But so. but my God, just so many songs. Like early in the movie, they started playing just kind of the guitar riff from uh, "Are You Gonna Go My Way." Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, not no, not that's that's the uh, Lenny Kravitz song. The, the, what's the Stroke song that they started playing? Oh. Uh, <laughs> what? But last night? No, not not the not last night. Um, shoot, I, I I'll look it up. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know there's there's so many songs in this thing. I don't yeah. even. Well, okay. Anyway, sure. uh, I'm I'm gonna read the description on the back of the DVD. By the way, uh, the front of the DVD, I'm very amused by. Uh, at the front of the DVD, right below the title "Longest Yard," it says Nelly and Burt Reynolds, and I am I am certain that that is the only time. In the English language, that f- that particular string of words has ever been put together. Nelly and Burt Reynolds. That's <laughs> that just. <laughs> um, uh, so the description on the back of the DVD. Uh, Are you ready for a different kind of football? Uh, comic superstar Adam Sandler teams up with the always outrageous Chris Rock, rap sensation Nelly, and a gang of real pro football players and wrestling superstars in the hardest hitting action packed comedy of the year. After former NFL quarterback Paul Wrecking Crew, uh, Sandler, uh, gets thrown into a maximum security prison, the warder the warden orders him to put together a team of hardcore inmates to play a fixed warm-up game against the brutal prison guards. 
But little does he know that the mean machine, led by Tough as as Nails coach, Burt Reynolds, uh, have plans to settle their own score in this rib-busting, unforgettable, laugh-out-loud riot directed by Peter Sagal, Anger Management. So, yeah, doing the hard sell on the back of the DVD there. Yeah, that's crazy. Wait, so on the on the DVD, they say that Adam Sandler's character, his nickname is Wrecking Crew? That's what they call him, yes. Um, in the movie, towards the end of the movie, they call him Motley Crew. I think because he's he's got like a motley crew of inmates on his on his prison football team. Yeah, I mean, also the reason I asked that is because like I looked at the uh, Wikipedia page for the original, the one with Burt Reynolds from '74, and his <laughs> nickname is Paul Wrecking Crew. So I don't know if maybe that was a mistake or maybe I don't know somebody. It feels like somebody goofed up. I hope somebody was fired for that blunder. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's. Do you buy Adam Sandler as a football player? First of all, um, I do not. He's like Adam Sandler. He's just not built like a football player. He doesn't have the build for it. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, he's athletic enough, I guess. Looking like I know he always plays that a uh, basketball game. Like he, it's known uh-huh. that he has like a, ba- a pickup basketball game with all his celebrity friends. Like pretty much every Saturday or every other Saturday. So he is. A bit of an athlete, but yeah, I yeah. don't know if I'd buy him as uh, I don't buy him as an NFL quarterback. I, I could buy him as like a pro baseball player. Right. And and like early in the movie, there, there are a few references to like, oh, you did that underwear ad. And I'm like, wait, are we pretending that Adam Sandler's like this big slice of beefcake? Because yeah. I, I am not ready to go there with this movie. Yeah, that's another thing. Like in the big like you mentioned, like in the beginning of this movie where all right, so it starts off at this big party in a big mansion, and uh, we see yeah. Courtney Cox, who is Adam Sandler's girlfriend, and they're having a big party. Right. And Courtney Cox is, uh, you know, being approached by one of uh, the guests, the a male guest, and he says, "Oh, where's your boyfriend, Paul? He's so hot." Like, it, it, it's a there's a running theme that Adam Sandler is like this hunky, you know, bad boy beefcake that yeah. goes throughout the movie with uh, that that scene, and in the future with uh, Cloris Leachman. And I'm like. Are we hmm, are we pretending Adam Sandler is like, you know, The Rock I've, or something? I've seen this in a couple Adam Sandler movies, like in the in the Wedding Singer, like a few times they're like, oh, my God, Robbie's so cute. And I'm like, really? Adam Sandler's like average looking. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's just he, he's not a bad looking person, but let's not pretend he's like this big beefcake guy because he's just not. It's right. it's no. Weird. And and they, at one point they show a brief shot of his supposed underwear ad that was like this really hot thing, and it's like it's a skinny guy in in underwear. It's yeah, and, and they're like fawning over, like the women are fawning over, like like Hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. yeah. It's <laughs> it's not Mark Wahlberg here. It's not even like he's not 1974 Burt Reynolds. 1974 Burt Reynolds, I can get it. You know that the, yeah, that oh. dude did the Cosmo Centerfold, but all, all man, all all man, all hair. Yeah, does Adam Sandler inspire a lot of lust? I don't think so. I I mean, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, oh, Adam Sandler's the head of this film. He's the lead. Yeah, so, I think it's more that. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just like, I don't get this. And uh, yeah, the, be- the very beginning of this movie also has some very clunky exposition. It's like, where's that hunky football player? And it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of dialogues for the sake of, this, telling the audience this is what's happening 
Yeah. He is my boyfriend. He was an ex-football player. He is no longer a football player because the NFL just, you know, kicked him out because he was shaving points. And, yeah. and there's a lot of exposition in the beginning where it's yeah. not even like it's not even pretending to be dialogue. It's just straight up exposition. Right. And he's and Courtney Cox as uh, Sandler's girlfriend, she's upset with him because he's not coming out and mingling at the party. He's just holed up in a bedroom watching a football game, drinking beers. And he gets fed up. He locks Courtney Cox in a, in a closet. And he's like, I'm going to go drunk driving at Bentley. This will work out well for me. And uh, it does not. Spoiler yeah. alert. It does not. He just, he yeah. does not do well at the drunk driving. Yeah. Apparently, apparently he can't do that. Yeah. Focus with America. But here we are. <laughs> and he, he actually, like, uh, backs his Bentley into the cop car that pulled him over. Um Right, and then like, uh, cause yeah, cause basically w- when he steals her car, uh, she then calls the cops saying that yeah. yeah, my my boyfriend is drunk driving my car. I like to report it stolen or something. Yes, and so yeah. at first and they it, it picked up on the news because like L.A. goes nuts over the car chases. Yeah, and then like so they at first they pull him over saying hey you had a, had a few beers there, and then like they do more exposition saying hey you know who this guy is? This is Paul Crew. He was one of the best football players and blah, 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 until he, you know, he got, you know, he got kicked out of the league for shaving right. points and like, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And uh, of course, like Paul crew, he makes fun of the cops. Cause you know, you, you can do that when you're well, rich enough. And yep. then uh, it's like you said, he smashes, he backs up and he, like one of the cops has big ears. He makes fun of his big ears, calling him Frodo. He then yeah. like uh, backs up his car into a cop car, drives off immediately. There's like, five or six car cop cars chasing him yeah swerving through the streets of la helicopter in the air mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh it's like wow this escalated quickly yeah it's it's like more cops after him than oj got it's yeah. it's nuts and uh, by the way when he backs the bentley up into the cop car it didn't look like the bentley suffered any damage whatsoever the the front of the cop car is crushed but the i I was like, is this car made out of adamantium? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> it was vibranium. Vibranium, brother. It was it was nuts. Um so so yeah, so he's and uh, uh Sandler's like on probation already because of like the, the whole point fixing thing. Um so this is a clear violation, so he's arrested, sent to prison, and he's he's ultimately sent to this maximum security Texas prison. Uh where yeah. Where uh, the warden is James Cromwell, the great James Cromwell from from Babe, uh, picking the city and uh, and uh, other things. I know he did the Star Trek First Contact. Um, you know, uh, L.A. Confidential. He's James Cromwell. You know, he's great. America's darling. And he so he's the evil warden. And we find out that the warden is like called in favors to get Paul Crew sent here because the thing they do at this prison is they have the guards play football in like i think a league with other prison guards is that it yeah there's like a basically like a league in the prison guard system of uh right. like you said like the guards play other guards and you know boost morale and you know a bunch, you know, bunch of good old boys thrown on a pigskin uh but for the past five years the team has been kind of sucking they've been not great yeah. so they've, they've not made it to the championships and, and yes, the work, he wants to run for governor of texas because he's like, they say the way I run this prison should be the way they run this state. 
Uh, <laughs> I I guess the two are the same in Texas. Does that make sense? I don't know. Uh, well, it's Texas, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all our Texas listeners. <laughs> but but he's like, well, you know, you've you've played pro ball, so you can come in and give some pointers and coach the the guys and have a thing. And yeah, uh, so yeah, I mean, and now uh, at the first that. Uh, you know, at first point hearing this, uh, Cruz says he doesn't want to do it. He just wants to do his time and get out. Right. But we also see before he met up with the warden, uh, one of the prison captains, Captain Nower, played by uh, the great character actor William Fincher, uh, yeah. immediately starts, you know, beating him up and saying, look, whatever the warden tells you, tell uh, you know, tell him no. Because he, yeah. he runs this shit. I run this shit. Yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah, he's like Sandler's getting beat up like before he even leaves the bus taking him to the prison. He's he's getting uh hit and beat up by the car. Uh yeah. so Yeah, so not a great place. And and uh he's also hated by all the inmates because of the point shaving thing. He meets up basically the first guy he meets in the uh, the first uh, inmate he meets in the prison uh is Chris Rock is played a plays a character called Caretaker who who like uh, Morgan Freeman in the Shawshank Redemption? He's a man who knows how to get things on the inside. Yes, and get things he does. Like we see him getting, uh, you know. Well, later on we'll see him get some cleats for somebody through a birthday cake, uh, kettle one vodka he can get for you and hide in your toilet. Yep, uh, yep. He's he's a man by a lot of means. I really like Chris Rock's uh, performance in this. I thought he he did have some good like one liners here or there. I really dug. Uh, he was he was pretty good in the movie. I didn't have as much affection for his character as I was supposed to, and I'll, I'll get into that later. But I mean, mm. it's always nice to see Chris Rock. I do like Chris Rock. I like seeing him pop up and stuff, and he's always funny. I mean, he's always a Chris Rockish character. Um, but but his character caretaker says, you know, he can get everything except for McDonald's. Uh, Mc, the person who can get McDonald's on the inside is Terry Crews's character. And we see Terry Crews just like handing out burgers like they're cigarettes in prison. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah, in the basic... time to get a McDonald's hamburger into prison, would you want to eat it anymore? Yeah, I mean, you got to hide it somewhere on your person, right? You got to like, it's got to be like down your, you got to shove we, it down your pants. We, or... see him, we see Terry Crews pull a McDonald's burger out of his, out of his pants at one point in the movie and then he hands it to somebody and i was like i nothing against terry cruz i'm sure he's a fine gentleman but i would not want to eat a mcdonald's hamburger that's been sitting in uh terry cruz's pants for god knows how long but john that it's wrapped around that yellow paper that's the protective uh shell so the burger's fine not so even just... not even if it was like a mcdlt in the old style styrofoam container Ooh. um is that yeah. the one where it was like hot on one side and cold on the other? Hot side, hot, cool side, cool. That's right. Mm. Yeah. All my all my 80s homies know what I'm talking about. Holla. Yeah. But what but yeah, John I'm the roof right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But John, I'll let me let me ask you this. What if he can get you a McRib sandwich in the joint? But he oh. had to shove it down his pants. What about the that? La- I'll I'll be I'll be honest. I'm I'm gonna keep it one hundred here. I tried to make rib a few years ago, just out of curiosity, when they brought the McRib back. That thing is awful. That that is <laughs> foul. That is, I do not understand the appeal of the McRib at all. Yeah. I uh, think people kind of like it, or just because it's 
it's it's like a limited thing. It I think so. I think people have like an entire year to forget how heinous it is. <laughs> I, it was the same way when they brought back the Shamrock Shake. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. A mint uh, milkshake. I'm going to try that. That was awful. Um, I do like some things on the McDonald's menu. I do. I, I enjoy their breakfast menu. I I'll mm. get like the egg sausage uh, a biscuit. Uh, the hash browns are good. I enjoy the fries. Uh, I haven't had a, one of their burgers in ages, but uh, yeah. I remember those being okay for what they were. But uh, the McRib, no. Yeah. And uh, I mean, as far as McDonald's goes, I grew up with McDonald's. You know, all kids love McDonald's. Yeah. But as, as a grown ass adult, I. I got to admit, Wendy's is better. It's just yeah, better. Wendy's is like my go-to fast food burger place. I, I'll do the the occasional Burger King uh, as well. Um, you know that's not bad, but yeah, the the Wendy's right. is is where it's at for me. Burger, yeah, Burger King's all right. Uh, you know, White Castle if I'm hungover and want diarrhea, I'll go for that. <laughs> but for the... <laughs> yeah, sure. But, okay. you, you know, you never if you're in the, if the mood strikes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like when Wendy is Wendy's is uh, number one. A one. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, you know, none of that stuff is stuff that's great for you to be eating on a regular basis. I mean, oh, no. As, no. as far as fast food goes, I'm much more of like a Boston market person these days. Ooh. Uh, who, who to bring it full circle? They're owned by McDonald's. So what? Yeah. When did this happen? Uh, years. Years wow. ago. Yeah. So this is how. This is how we learn. We see, right. see, listeners. We make you laugh and think. We're entertaining and educational. Um, that that was our little McDonald's uh, tangent. <laughs> so hope you enjoyed that, folks. Uh, <laughs> next episode, we'll talk about McNuggets. <laughs> I can I can go for the occasional McNugget. McNuggets aren't bad. What's your dipping sauce of choice? Uh, gotta go with honey mustard. Uh, I've never been a big barbecue guy. Um, yeah, honey mustard's where it's at. What about you? I would go that maybe I used to be big into uh, sweet and sour, but I yeah. think now as I get older in my wiser years, I think honey mustard is the way to go. I think you're right there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some people, they they mix the sauces together and they, they oh do a God. whole thing. Like that's it's madness. That's, that's McDonald's whole campaign now is they do the whole, oh, do the menu hack thing. And they're encouraged. So uh, apparently that, that, that uh, burger chicken fish thing that's not an official thing on their menu but you can order those things and then you're supposed to put them together into one big massive heart attack <laughs> burger so it's so just you're just basically just ordering three separate burgers and just smashing them together into one unholy mess and shoving it apparently down your gullet so. apparently so yes because that they'll allow you to do that okay fast enough <laughs> okay oh my god yeah, I don't know. I don't see the appeal. That sounds horrible, but... Just shoot yourself in the heart if you're going to do something like that. <laughs> exactly. Good gravy. Uh, anyway, the McDonald's thing, by the way, extremely minor thing in the movie. It doesn't really play into the plot at all. Um, it's just a weird character bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing that they keep bringing up that is like... He's basically like the wimpy of prison, where it's just like, I got burgers, hamburgers. It's just, all yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Paul Crew, he's basically backed into coaching the team uh, through, you know, BS circumstances. <laughs> and, and so he, oh. you know, he, he tells the warden, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll look at your guys and, you know, coach him and do what I got to do. 
Um, right. Uh, well, no, he actually, I think the warden wants him to sort of look at the team and give him some pointers. And then right. Paul immediately says, oh, well, you guys need like a like a tune-up game, like a warm-up a game. Get ready for the season. Yeah. To, right. To, and then, so. yes. So then the warden says, all right, that sounds good. Why don't you get a bunch of the inmates, uh, you know, practice, get a team together, and it'll be the prisoners against the um, against the guards. And that'll be like right. a warm-up game for the bigger games when we play real we play the real games. And if you can have some wacky shenanigans somewhere along the way, so much the better. Um, is like, how long do you need to have some wacky shenanigans? Like four weeks? Is that enough time for you to like put together a team and train them and then play them against the guards? I think so. Let's have some wacky shenanigans, Adam Sandler. Can you do that for me? Right. Wacky shenanigans abound. <laughs> yeah. And so he puts together a team. There, There's a whole lot of, like putting the team together in this movie. This spent this movie spends so much time putting together the team. Yeah, there's a lot of we got we got to get the band together. Yeah, I mean this is you'd think this would be like 15 minutes of the movie, but no, it's like 30, 40 minutes. It feels like of just yeah. putting the team together. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, and we are introduced all to a lot of uh, the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, Nicholas Maduro we, is in this movie. Yes, he plays uh, Brucey, who's kind of like the I don't know, what would you what would you call his character? Maybe maybe mentally. Uh, uh, he's not all there. Yeah, he's a little he's a little off. I mean, I I still have a fondness of Nicholas Atura from the early seasons of NYPD Blue. Um, and oh, and yeah, uh, that's right. his his brother um, his brothers of course have done a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Oh, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny T. Yeah, yeah, John Totoro. Um, so, yeah, Sandler's in good with the Totoro clan, apparently. Yeah. I um, know uh, there's also like a running gag throughout the movie that um, uh, Brucey, played by Nick Totoro, has uh, hooked up with uh, uh, Tracy Morgan's character, who is um, uh, goes by the name Miss Tucker. And they, they're basically, um, how can I say this? Oh. Well, he's he's in with a group of the prison transvestites. I think that's that's how they credit them in the movie. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so okay. we we've got uh, uh, Tracy Morgan doing camp gay stuff, which uh, yeah. uh, it's a little weird watching that. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I, I'm like looking at this movie was made in 2005. I feel like we should be further along in this than 2005 because it's like. It's a lot of gay jokes, and it's it's gay jokes along the lines of just like it's they're all just kind of like ha ha, he's gay, isn't it funny? Yeah, and I that's mean, it. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know it is an Adam Sandler film, and I know it takes place in prison and prison. Of course, when anything takes place in prison, you're gonna get the, the gay jokes. Don't drop the soap, blah blah blah. But yeah, yeah, I mean there. It's going to be regressive. I mean, because, yeah, prison and an Adam Sandler. Movie. Yeah, it's not going to be the most woke thing, but I, I still I, it, I felt a little funny watching that stuff. Yeah, I was like, oh, mm, all right. I was like, Ooh, if I'd known this was going to be in the movie, I might have had second thoughts about doing this movie. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. yeah the- in the collar is like, oh, well, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we meet some of the other inmates. Uh, comedian Joey Coco Diaz is in this as Big Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, like I said, Terry Crews as Cheeseburger Eddie. Um, we have, uh, oh, our first, one of our first wrestlers is a guy called Battle, play, who is um, played by Bill Goldberg, who's a wrestler in the WWE. 
Mm. Yeah, this movie had a lot of wrestlers in it. As uh, if you look at the guards, yeah. um, there's one guard. One of them was played by uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, one, yeah, that's, uh, one of the wrestlers I actually know. Right, he's the one that dropped that uh, hard R in the in the movie. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get to that scene. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we also see uh, oh, Kevin. Are we going to get some slurs? Yay! <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Will don't you worry? Oh, can we get to the slurs now? <laughs> I was promised some racial slurs. <laughs> I want the slurs now. I want them now. Uh, but we also this see it's uh, not racist enough for me yet, Dad. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, we also have, uh, Kevin Nash, who's, uh, who went under the wrestling name Diesel and wrestled for the WWE for years. He's mm-hmm. one of the guards as well. He's the one that, um, uh, later on in the movie, we see that he's been taking steroids and then, they, of course, they switch out his steroids with, uh, estrogen pills. And, of course, he cries a lot because yeah, that that's what women do. Yeah, he's, uh, like, really emotional and, yeah, it's, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like a few times I was like, this was, this was made in 2005, right? This isn't like 1985 because it feels a lot of the jokes feel like something you would have gotten in like Revenge of the Nerds or something like that, you know? Yeah, very much so. And then we also meet another um, football guy, uh, not a football guy, but another inmate, uh, Bob Sapp, who plays Switowski. Switowski, who's like kind of like a gentle giant he's like this big strong black dude and but like when he talks he's kind of talks like a child yeah Uh, he's he's like he's got like a developmental thing going on he 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 doesn't seem to be all there either um right yeah you 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 find uh not entirely mentally healthy people in prison as well yeah oh boy this yeah this is yeah but uh yeah so like the the team gets together they're trying they're practicing of course like every other uh, sports film, when the team gets together, at first they're not great. Yeah. You know, they're, they're losers. All seems lost. All hope is lost. And mm-hmm. uh, we see Caretaker and uh, and Paul crew. So you're like, yeah, I don't think we got a shot. And then right. from the from the distance, over the horizon, right? Like as the sun sets, we see a uh, big Mr. movie star entrance. Yeah, a big one, right? <laughs> Yeah, for for Mr. Burt Reynolds, star of the original version of The Longest Yard. So. Right. And he uh he plays Nate Scarsborough, who yes. is a, you know, Heisman Trophy winner. He's played football his whole life and now he's just stuck in uh in stuck in prison and he wants to coach. Yeah. I guess I guess he also got transferred to this prison because the warden called in favors uh cuz it seems like a lot to have like two former pro football players in the same prison uh, it really is yeah. yeah like uh i don't know but i mean but i you know you kind of i guess you kind of suspend disbelief because like all right well it's texas they love yeah. football in texas so maybe this could happen so i was like all right yeah yeah um and you know burt reynolds is like hey you got to get some new guys you got to get some better guys because you got you got you got this ragtag team of misfits but you got to get some better players you don't have many good players Right now, so they they break into this old records room in the prison to look up their records, and they recruit new players off of that. 
Right, and uh, they know about the records room through the help of another inmate that uh, Nate knows named Skitchy, played by uh, the great Edward Bunker, who was in uh, Reservoir Dogs. Right, yeah, Ed, Edward Bunker. He he was like the guy with the mustache who gets yeah, that guy. really early in Reservoir Dogs. And this yeah. apparently was his last film. Oof, all right, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so then they break into the records room, they look online, and they see that, again, there's more dialogue just that for exposition for the audience, where they're like, yeah, I heard that they rate um, prisoners here by stars, like, depending on how violent they are. Like, the more stars you have, right. the more violent you are. So, of course, and then Chris they... Rock is, as caretaker, he's outraged when he's he just has a half a star. Like, well, I'm going to have to shank somebody to get, you know, more of a rep. So Right. <laughs> and of course, they all make fun of him because he only has half a star. And he's like, ha ha, you're not violent. You, you weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pussy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, so then they, yeah, so then they start talking to going to the most violent of the uh, convicts. Uh, this one guy, yeah. Torres, they approach, who is uh, watching The View, <laughs> which is yeah, one of his favorite he's, shows. He really likes Joy Behar. Um, Again, not a thing that ever comes back in the movie. It's just like this wacky characteristic that he has. One guy's yeah. the burger guy. One guy's the, you know, not very smart guy. This guy, he's the Joy Behar guy. Because every football team needs a Joy Behar guy. Yeah. Because, you know, men watching Joy Behar, that's funny. Men <laughs> don't do that. Men don't do that. That's the lady. The lady do that. You expect him to do something more macho. The, yeah, the, like Monster Crooks. He enjoys the daytime TV and the Jerry Behar on The View in particular. That's, um, that's not for men's. That's for yeah. the ladies' women's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, then he also approach um, another dude. Um, shoot, what's his name? Uh, bu- bu- uh, Curly, who is this giant dude uh, yeah. who's former wrestler. Uh, Dalip Singh, who uh, wrestled under the name uh, the Great Kalia, I think. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. I knew this guy. I knew this guy from like some other movie, but I couldn't like really place where I knew him from. So uh, let me let me let me do a little research while we talk here. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean the, the dude is humongous. Oh, he was up. Oh, he was in, uh, of course, one of the best comedies of ever, uh, MacGruber. Oh, well. <laughs> Played Tug Phelps, uh, okay. wrestled, yeah, wrestled under the name The Great Kali, K-H-A-L-I, yeah. uh, movies. He was in Get Smart, the movie with uh, Carell. Yeah. Was that it? Or No, I haven't seen it. Um, That seems to be it. He was, it seems like okay. the longest yard, longest yard was his first movie. Well, anyway, he looked familiar. Maybe I just saw him on some wrestling thing somewhere. But okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, the dude is, like, my God, the dude is incredibly tall. He's huge, he's huge. And um, we we also end up recruiting Nelly as the running back, because you need a rapper in the movie for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I do like that, where, uh, like, when they were recruiting people, they had enough muscular guys, and then Chris Rock was like, no, nah, you, need, you need people with speed now. We need some, we need some yeah. fast runners. We need some black people. And of course, they go to the basketball courts to <laughs> recruit some blacks. It's where you find the black people. <laughs> That's where we congregate. Yeah. 
Happy Black History Month, everybody. <laughs> Happy Black History Month. Um, yeah, because they don't have many black people on the team because, you know, prison, you know, people, it's it's like many prisons divided among racial lines. There probably isn't a really nice uh, racially integrated prison in the country now that I think of it. Um, that I think that's not a thing that happens. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I've I've seen an episode or two of Oz. They say, they <laughs> seem to have their racial troubles there. I saw the Orange is a new black. Yeah. I saw Orange is a new black. I know how it goes down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh so, so Sandler challenges uh one guy to uh, this pickup game of uh, basketball and he's like, If I win then you join the team if if you win, then I leave you alone forever. I think that was what the deal was. Yes, uh, uh, Deacon, he challenges Deacon Moss, played by Michael Irvin. Mm, okay, who's uh, been in a few? Th- he was he was in Jack and Jill with uh, Sandler. Um, he's done a few things here and there. Yeah. So and uh, they're they're fouling each other throughout the game, and Sandler's like taking a beating and. And at this, at this point in the movie, I'm just like, really, we're still recruiting people for the team. It seems like by this point we should be training. This, the movie takes forever recruiting and, and getting the team together. It's it's a slow burn, John. We got to get these yeah. music cues in here. Um, but but anyway, Nelly joins the team. Uh, right, because uh, you know, as we all know, you know, if you to earn uh, black people's respect, you got to play them in a one a game on one on one basketball. That's and how I could, got you to agree to do this podcast. That's right. We, t- we, <laughs> we toughed it up. Yeah. We played like a game you, of horse. And <laughs> it's like you and me on the courts. Yeah. You know, we, we toughed it out. And you're like, you know what? You got heart, man. Yeah. I'm in. And then, and then we realized that neither one of us is particularly athletic. And we were just yeah. like, this is stupid. Why don't we just talk about comedy? And yeah. we were like, yes, that's our wheelhouse. Yes. I think uh, by... I think like 20 minutes in, we were both exhausted and covered in sweat. And, yes. You know, heavily breathing. I was clutching my yeah. chest. And then yeah. you were like, hey, do you just want to do the podcast? And I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Give me an hour <laughs> to recover. And, um, yes. And then, uh, so like after, so then there's a, there's a scene where, where the prison guards like bully Nelly in the library. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, they're like knocking. He, he's helping. He's working in the library as you do in prison um and uh right because i think that books and and pick them up and yeah right because the guards learn the guards they have a mole they have a man on the inside this dude oh that's right yes yes they have a dude uh unger who is like reporting back to the guards about everything that's happening and he of course he says hey they got themselves this really fast dude uh you know nelly who plays uh megat right and and he's like, yeah, he's so problem. fast that he makes fast people look slow. That's like the description they give. Right, exactly. So. And uh, oh, also uh, another thing we should have mentioned. Uh, and in the basketball court scene, you see, I don't know, I don't know how much you know about uh, hip hop, good sir, but you could see the group D12 in the background, who are like Eminem's friends. Just hanging. Uh, this will shock you to know. I do not know a bunch about hip hop, and I did not recognize. D12. What? But you're so good at basketball. <laughs> yeah, well, so. Okay, well, that's, they're in this movie. That's that's nice. Did they play any Eminem songs in the movie? 
No, but there was a scene where one of them, when uh, Sandler walked up to them, he says, oh, oh yeah. look at this. Yeah, because Sandler's wearing like a knit cap. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, yo, look at this fake Slim Shady looking motherfucker right here. Yeah. That's how I knew they were D12, because they had to mention Eminem's name. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's D12. I remember them. They came out with that one album. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so there for, for, good for D12. So for all the hip-hop aficionados, uh, yeah. D12 is uh, up in his mother. If you want to see D12 stand in the background of a scene, this is the movie for you. <laughs> yes. This is the film for you. <laughs> so... So, yeah, so Nelly's, like, uh, bullied by the guards in the library because he's, like, I guess the new ringer, the new star player. Um, and, uh, but by this point, I was just like, I don't I don't particularly care about the stakes in this movie. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't particularly care if the inmates win over the guards. I don't particularly care about the guards being taken down a peg. I don't I'm not really rooting for anybody at this point. Okay. I mean, I think they try to sort of establish that the guards are really, you know, terrible and they abuse their power like early on in the movie. Like when they put, uh, there's a scene where they put Adam Sandler in the hot box for a week. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, the fact that they beat up Adam Sandler like immediately as he gets there to show that. Well, they... that's that's not necessarily a deal breaker for me. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh... <laughs> but, uh, but then I think they I'll really. Put up a certain amount of Adam Sandler beating up. I mean. <laughs> He tr- hey man, he's a, he puts his friends in movies. Like, like awesome. I'm sure. I'm sure he's a lovely person in real life. I just, <laughs> yeah. I find him a little off-putting in a lot of his movies. Oh, boy. So, uh, Adam Sandler, I'll I'll join your basketball team. I'm always up for it. Or okay. Just, <laughs> as you heard <laughs> on his podcast, I'm very good. Yeah, and then and there are other wacky shenanigans like the 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 warden he floods their practice field three days before the game, so it's just like this big muddy mess. And then, and the team is like, "Well, that's not going to stop us. We're going to p- just play and have fun anyway." And there, yeah. so we get a, like a montage of them playing and splashing in a lot of mud puddles. While uh, Clearance Clearwater Revivals, have you ever seen the rain? Plays in the background. I was like, yeah, All right. even though it is not in fact raining in the scene, but there's water, and yeah. what is rain? Water. Yeah, and they've Case. once seen rain. <laughs> Case closed. But I mean, I think they also tried to paint the guards in a horrible light when uh, you kind of skipped over this, where the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin straight up calls Nelly's character the N word, Joe Rogan hard R, and mm. like really kind of paints how you know how abusive and horrible they can be. Like I think at that, and of course at that at that point, uh, at that point lot, I was like, yeah, I don't like these guards anymore. Right, uh, exactly. I was with them up until that point, until they sure. until they got to the hard R. Um, Not cool, man. And actually, and that instance, that's the moment that where all the uh, uh, black people rally around. And that's right. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yes, all Nelly, the black players uh, join up on the team. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. "Yeah, let's let's take these guards down, brother." So we've got a sufficient number of black people on the team now, and and now we're. I don't know how far we're into this movie. If it, at least 40 minutes feels like an hour. <laughs> I, I will admit uh, the movie's a little long. They could have shaved off a few minutes here. Well, it there. just seems unbalanced because it's, it's been so much more time recruiting people for the team than the team, like training and like coming together as a team. Um, Cause like early on they're saying you got four weeks to train these people. And then 
like after they get everybody there, we're like a week away from the game. And then the, the scene where they flood the practice field, that's like three days before the big game. So it's, it, it, the movie has problems with time. It feels like, uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Um, so as the, as the, as it gets closer to the game, it starts to build a lot of buzz throughout the town. Uh, mm-hmm. ESPN two wants to cover it. Yeah, but the football game, this pit practice game is getting national television exposure for some reason. I don't because I guess because Sandler is a former pro player and that's interest. And maybe the yeah. And like the concept of inmates versus guards is enough to get people's interest. And it's enough to be like a a thing to be like people say, oh, that might be that might be that sounds kind of cool. But it still so, seems weird because even though Sandler is a former pro player, the movie has told us he is not a well-liked former pro player because of the whole point shaping thing. Um, yeah, people hate him. <laughs> so right. I don't. I don't see why. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe it, maybe it's just like a car wreck factor. You yeah, know, like you. Yeah, thing. exactly. Like I mean, he draws enough controversy that you want to see. You want to go and. You're gonna. We will, we want to go and watch him just to like hate watch him. Yeah, that's it. yeah. I think most people are supposed to be rooting for the guards because the, the general public, of course, doesn't know how horrible and abusive and racist the guards are. So right, they're exactly rooting I mean, against you, the inmates, but because the like the inmates, the the ragtag motley crew, we're rooting for them. Right, because we know we know what's up. Right, and and we have the wacky shenanigans. That's that's when they replace one of the guards' steroids with estrogen, and then you know we get the wacky running gag of him starting to get all emotional and making jokes about how he's growing breasts now and stuff. Yeah, because so. you know, dudes acting, big dudes acting like ladies. That's hilarious. Um. So they and then they they find out at some point that they've got. The, the guards have films of like their last season's game. So they're like, oh, we got to get our hands on the game films of the guards games from last season so we can like plan strategies against them. Uh, so Sandler what? goes to the warden's secretary, who's played by uh, Cloris Leachman. Late great. The late great Cloris Leachman, who like early in the film, she's she's the person who's like, oh, my God, uh, uh, Paul Crew, he's he's incredible. He's uh, an Adonis. He's just his underwear ad. Oh, my God. And <laughs> yeah, she's got a thing for him because Oof. it's a movie produced by Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to act like he's a sex god. It's it, this weirds me out. It's the same way like with with Chevy Chase and Spies Like Us, where it's like, is Chevy Chase this big hunky guy? This movie is telling me so. I don't. I yeah, don't I th- get it. <laughs> I think in his younger days, he was seen as like a sex symbol, right? Like he, I mean, I could like it, like younger Chevy Chase. I can sort of see it. Like he has like you know the strong chin, the little dimple. Like I can see like all right, maybe I can see them as this you know handsome Lothario. The most Just, I can say is like he's handsomeish for a comedian, you know. All right, I'll give you that. Yeah. But not classically handsome, and like when they're acting like they're classically handsome, that's when I I have trouble getting on board. I guess. Yeah, he's no, he's yeah. not like Paul. He's not like Paul Newman in his prime. Exactly, exactly, and and or or even like Burt Reynolds in his prime. You know, like Burt Reynolds, 
handsome dude. I mean, you you check out like Deliverance, you check out like The Longest Yard, you check him out back in the day, and yeah, he he yeah. had it going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Warren Beatty in his day, like whoa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Warren Beatty—that's a classically handsome dude. Yeah. Uh, but stunning. By the way, I I I can't wrap my head around this is this is post Boogie Nights, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. This is Burt Reynolds has already had his career resurgence. Does Burt Reynolds need this movie? I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's weird. He kind of had like a burst of fame after uh, Boogie Nights, and he came back yeah. into the spotlight. But then the movies after Boogie Nights were like. And I kind of hit and miss. They were like, I know Burt right. Reynolds, he like fired his management team like after Boogie Nights. Oh. Because like he was not happy about the movie. I think he clashed with Paul Thomas Anderson when he was doing the movie. So he was he was not happy with the movie and not a fan of the movie, even though he got a career resurgence and an Oscar nomination out of it. Um, and then like a few years later, he's playing Boss Hogg in the Dukes of Hazard movie. It's just. Oh my God. It's, it's <laughs> so weird and sad. And it's just like, oh. Burt Reynolds, you could have just you could have started doing like prestige projects again, and then uh, you could have been a contender. I know, I know. It's just it's just sad. He, I feel like he deserved better, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Maybe he's difficult to work with. I don't know what I don't. Yeah, I, I see what you mean because you know I guess it's the same way with uh, maybe like John Travolta when he had that resurgence with Pulp Fiction. Yeah, which um, yeah. I think they do. Didn't they make a Pulp Fiction reference in this movie? I feel like they. Oh wait, no, I'm thinking about something else. But um. But yeah, like like Travolta had this resurgence, yeah, from Pulp Fiction. But then the movies that came out after Pulp Fiction were, you know, Battlefield Earth. And well, I mean, just... it's it's tough to match Pulp Fiction. I mean, and and Travolta did do some good movies. That like, yeah, Shorty is a very good movie. Ah, uh, um, you know, yeah, I'll give you that. You're right. And you know, and he and Travolta, he seemed to stay on the A A list. I remember him doing a lot, a lot of stuff because I think Travolta was kind of terrified of just kind of going back to like look who's talking or whatever you know or, yeah i can see that worst things he did but yeah it's it's interesting when it's like somebody who is an a-list actor and then they fall off for a while and then they come back and it's interesting to see how they handle that and if they get if they continue to get the good opportunities you know yeah i'm looking at all these movies he made in the early aughts and a lot of them i don't, I don't even recognize yeah burt reynolds a lot of them i don't even recognize yeah yeah Delta? Oof. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I, I, I just, I feel a little bad for Burt Reynolds, and but I, I feel like maybe he created some of his own problems too, because I, I think he did have a bit of an ego, you know. Yeah, uh, I could see that. I, I have a vague memory of like Burt Reynolds on the red carpet. I think of this movie, uh, and him giving like a reporter some sort of shit with a question about like the original or something like that. oh yeah that that sounds right yeah and i I, it's only a vague memory and i didn't think to look it up before we started recording but um yeah uh if i can find it we'll we'll post it from the uh snl nerds twitter account uh at snl nerds show but um yeah yeah so uh follow us our twitter account guys you can see us you might be able to see a video of uh burt reynolds being kind of a dick to somebody yeah i mean hopefully we can make that happen um so, so sandler he sneaks in and he gets in good with uh uh cloris leachman to get his hands on these game films right because he and he, he he the way he does that is by like seducing her and posing yeah. for her like he did in that underwear ad because she really she that she really gets off off that 
Right. Yeah. And we, we see, we have the scene where they're about to watch all, all the team is about to watch the game films and they're like, Oh, but before we get to that, here's, here's security footage of, of Sandler with Cloris Leachman. Uh, and, like, uh... and then, yeah. And then after that, they have, uh, security footage of uh, Nicholas Turturro hooking up with uh, Tracy Morgan, who right, mm. and that and that's like the reveal that uh, Nicholas Turturro's character is is gay, or at least gay right. on the inside. Uh, yeah, because so. like throughout the movie, Nicholas Turturro's character Brucey denies it. It's like, no, I'm, I don't hook up with the guys. I don't hook up with dudes. At yeah. one point, I think Tracy Morgan's character calls him back freckles, which I thought that was a pretty funny line, and. Uh, uh, but and then yeah, then we have like, you know, photographic evidence that yes, Brucey does hook up with uh, dudes. So and it's again, like... it's it's kind of creepy because like the, the the entirety of the joke is just like ah oh, ha ha he's gay, and it's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, so yeah, some of this stuff didn't age well, guys. No, no, I mean it's we're we're only going back seventeen years, which doesn't seem like that long, uh, but. <laughs> In some ways, it is an eternity ago. <laughs> Oof. So, uh, what next? Should we do the caretaker thing? Let's do the caretaker thing, because this, this caught me really off guard, but just because I didn't see the original. Yeah. Um, like, caretaker, uh, like, caretaker and, and uh, crew have really bonded at this point. We see... Uh, like you, you mentioned before, a caretaker smuggles in a bottle of Kettle One, and he he shares a drink with crew, and and he's like, "Oh, here's a picture of my mama," and uh, and he's like, "You know, someday we'll have a drink on the outside together." Um, yeah, and I believe that's a pic. That's actually a picture of Chris Rock's mom, right? Yeah, I did read that. That's a real picture of uh, Chris Rock with his real life mother. So that's that's nice, um, and. <laughs> And then a little after that, we see uh, uh, caretaker. He's leaving a present in Sandler's cell uh, as like a pregame good luck thing. And then he goes over to the radio, and the the radio explodes, and he he dies instantly. And right. Yeah, this That's, film takes a turn. <laughs> it does take a turn because um, I, I mean, the reason I say it surprised me because in the original film that does happen to the caretaker you know spoiler i guess mm -hmm. that does happen to uh caretaker's character where uh unger rigs the light bulb ab above the um on like the light bulb that comes down from the the jail cell to explode and oh, i think yeah, he was there was a close-up of him like turning on the light and but the light doesn't okay yeah i didn't really get the light bulb was part of it but yeah you're right right so the light bulb in uh the in the uh in the first longest yard film uh is set up you know to rigged with explosives and it ends up killing caretaker um so in this one they give a little nod to that by uh caretaker chris rock you know fidgeting with the light bulb because he goes out but then nothing happens with the light bulb because the bomb is in the the uh record player the stereo which happens to be in a jail cell i guess no one came to get that <laughs> i guess yeah and uh yeah and it ends up killing him and it did surprise me that like oh my god they killed chris rock's character but like now that I think about it, it really shouldn't have surprised me because, like you said, the scene before this, it's um, Chris Rock showing uh, uh, Sandler's character Paul a picture of his mom, saying, "I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go see my mama once I get out of here." In retrospect, he might as well have said, "Like I'm just three days away from retirement, yeah, <laughs> and Absolutely. it's my birthday tomorrow." And yeah, exactly. Uh, it's 
I I felt I felt like they hadn't quite built up Chris Rock's character enough for him to be important enough to kill, though. You know, I like I didn't I didn't quite have the affection for caretaker that I felt like the movie thought I had, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like they should have done more to like get us more in caretaker's corner and have more affection for him outside of our already existing affection for Chris Rock. Yeah, know? it seems yeah, it feels like they spent a lot of time uh introducing all these football players, all these uh, in- inmates to to join the team. I right. spent a lot of time on music cues and a lot yeah. of time showing like how they get this ragtag band of uh, friends together. And like, right. yeah, I don't know if they spent enough time sort of really developing, uh, you know, maybe Paul's character or caretaker's character. Yeah. I, I wish they'd spent some of that time just getting us behind caretaker as a character and, and see more of the developing friendship. Cause then, then we could have really felt it when caretaker died and other than that i was just like oh crap they killed off chris rock now no more chris yeah. rock in this movie because i don't think it doesn't seem like the type of movie where chris rock's going to show up as a ghost or something yeah, this this isn't ghost dead yeah no yeah uh, this, but yeah it's not exactly like a brian song level friendship you know exactly like i think the time that they used for uh you know slow motion scenes while uh you know spirit in the sky was playing they could have used that time to maybe develop your characters a little bit more so you cared about them when they died. Yeah, exactly. I've seen Spirit in the Sky in a lot of other movies. I mean, it's, it's been in the, yeah. the galaxy, you know, so. It, it's it's like the one of those go-to songs you just always hear in a movie. Yeah. It's like uh, when you hear a movie about Vietnam, you're going to hear, you know, Hush, children, what's that sound? Everybody look yeah, what's, going. what's going. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, how else are we going to know we're in the '60s unless they play "For What It's Worth" by Buffalo yeah. Springfield? I mean, it's either that or uh, "All on the Watchtower." Those are the only two songs that say '60s, and those are the only ways we can tell that something is taking place in the 1960s because those were the only two songs we had. I know it was a simpler time. <laughs> it was a simpler time, and you know, Beatles music is fucking expensive. So. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Um, you try to play Octopus's Garden on this budget. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're, you know, we're, we're pretty much set for the big game at this point. Um, and, you know, everybody's suiting up. And then, like, right before the game, uh, Sandler comes in with a big package. And he's like, well, Caretaker promised he was going to get us equipment. He got us equipment. He came through. And it, they've got, like, professional-looking uniforms that say Mean Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these, yeah these, that's their team name. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think that was also another nod to the uh, original movie because the original movie, the team was called the Mean Machine. Yeah. No idea why. Um, maybe the original movie tells us. I I don't know. I guess because yeah, <laughs> yeah. The name of the team. Yeah, I thought like, why did they need it? Like, they never reference. It's or out said... of nowhere, right? I mean, it's yeah, just... like. I, I went back in my head, like, did they ever say Mean Machine throughout this entire movie? I don't think they did. Nope, nope. nope. I mean, and and even the shot where they they show the name on the uniform, it's kind of tough to read because they don't really get close enough and it's in a weird typeface. So I was like, I think that says machine, but I couldn't quite make out the the first word. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so then they get the, they have their uniforms, and they're all like, "Let's, we're gonna do this 
We're gonna do this for caretaker. All right, here we go. Hey, oh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, this game is a big deal. Like everybody from town came out to see it. They have uh, they have Stadium guards filled with people. Yeah, yes, uh, they have guards. You know, at the top of each uh, each corner of the stadium, uh, you know, sharpshooters, dudes with rifles. Yeah, um, yeah, in case anybody tries something. We've got a professional sportscaster, Chris Berman, calling the game with an, an inmate for some reason, um, just for shits and giggles, I guess. Yeah, he's just he's just there. I, I didn't see, like, he's not in handcuffs, or I didn't see any of the guards outside right by him. They're just like, yeah, here. Uh, here, announcer, talk talk with this uh, prison inmate. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just, the game. and the joke is that it's not a very verbal inmate. So it's yeah, it's Chris Berman trying to draw this guy out, and he and the guy is just sort of glaring and glowering. So. Right. <laughs> and the, <laughs> yes, and of course they have uh, Tracy Morgan and the rest of his uh, uh, crew as uh, cheerleaders. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> I love that response. I mean, I'm I I like Tracy Morgan, but I'm I'm basically cringing every time he shows up in this movie. Yeah. Um I hey, mean the, uh, the, the thing is for me this movie it wasn't particularly funny and the game wasn't too interesting. So for me there just whole there wasn't much there there. It this a lot of this movie just didn't really hold my interest, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And, and uh, I, I think a good example is like at one point in the game, um, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but but Sandler's like sitting on the bench during the game, and like Nelly comes up to him when he's on the bench, and I was like, oh my god, I literally forgot Nelly was in this movie because he hasn't <laughs> anything except since he like got uh, harassed in the library. That's like yeah, the last like, time we saw Nelly. <laughs> yeah, you're like Nelly. What are you doing in this movie? And I was like, "Oh right, yeah, Nelly and Burt Reynolds. That's that's what it says right. in the DVD." So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So then we have the big game. Uh, we also mentioned we should, probably should mention that there are also a few other um, football players in this movie, yeah, like uh, Brian Bosworth, I believe, plays yeah. one of the um, one of the guards, and uh, yeah, somebody else. Romanowski. Yes, uh, Romanowski. Yeah. Yes, he's he's up in this, and uh, yeah. So I think at Mike Irvin. Uh, was in it. You mentioned him, I think. Yeah, Michael Irvin. Yeah, there's a a ton of like actual athletes, you know, wrestlers and football players alike are in this thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, not too many funny people, but a lot of wrestlers. A lot of wrestlers and the funny people are in it. They're not especially funny in this movie. They've been funnier elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do have Rob Schneider popping up for uh, his, you know, uh, contractually obligated "you can do it" moment. Yeah, how many Sandler movies has he done that in? I know that's been a thing since like The Waterboy. Um, yeah. So, so that was like seven years before this movie. So, and and it was it was he would show up at like the climactic movie of practically every Adam Sandler movie. Just go, you can do it. Um, is that still a thing that he does? I that running gag. I don't even know. I I certainly hope he doesn't do it anymore because I think. At this point, <clears throat> I think at this point the 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 gags worn thin. We're like, because like when I saw I it in this at this point, it it's like the the joke would have died, but it might have come back around again by now. Where it's just so tired, it's good again. Yeah, yeah, you know, because like that's that's the arc. It's it's like it's funny, it's funny, it's funny, and then it, it you repeat it so much it becomes unfunny, 
But then you repeat it even more, and then it becomes funny again. Maybe it could have been like that. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm looking at his uh, filmography. All right, so yeah, he did I it in Waterboy. I never found this gag particularly funny to begin with, so I'm not the audience for it, but... He says, yeah. you can do it. Get it? Said, I guess. I mean, I guess I get how that's supposed to be a joke, sort of, maybe. You could do it. He says it. The words. He says, he says you could do it's it. It's a kind of funny voice. Yeah, it's a funny voice saying you could do it. The com- the joke writes itself. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know this thing. Let's just power through. Yes, let's do that. Um, uh, so the warden, he comes to crew and he says, uh, this is like a, a halftime of the game. The, the score is all tied up. Uh, it's like 14 to 14. Um, you know, so, so the, the inmates are doing well. Um, everybody expects the inmates to lose, of course. Um, but the warden comes to crew and he says, you've been named as an accomplice in the murder of caretaker. Um, and it's things are going to be very unpleasant for you unless you throw this game. And right. So so crew fakes an injury. He he starts like sitting on the bench at the sidelines. He's like, oh, my, you know, I can't play with this knee. My knee's bad. And and Eddie Bunker's looking at the knee. And he's like, yeah, it's it's fine. And um, yeah. So and then yeah. and all the players know what crew is doing, and they're just like, ah, oh, you. You son of a bitch! You fuck you. Right. So because like I think throughout the movie, yeah, I think throughout the movie that he's never said if he, you know, if he did what he was accused of because he was accused of racketeering and shaving off points, but he's always maintained his innocence. Uh, Something to prove, I would imagine. You know, yeah. How do you prove somebody's intentionally throwing a game? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. But like a lot of everybody, including the inmates, think he did it. But you know, throughout. This movie, they've come to like him and really respect him, but now yeah. they're seeing what he's doing now. You know, throwing this game, they're like, "All right, fuck this dude, fuck and, this uh, dude." So yeah, yeah. so this and, is uh, our this is our last uh, big crisis. Right. This is game. this is it. Um, sweaty. And, and so the guards are getting ahead. They're ahead by like two, then three touchdowns, and then what what changes crew's mind? I don't even remember. At this point, uh, well, I mean, well, it's I like just like two, three hours ago, and I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm drawing a total blank now. Uh, well, it's like you said, like all his um, his fellow teammates are giving him the the stink eye, saying, "Oh, after all, caretaker right. did for you is how you do him." No, you wrong, right. fam. And of course, uh, right. Nelly, who makes a cameo in this film, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nelly comes back, reminds me that he's in the movie. <laughs> he's he comes up and he says, "Hi, I'm Nelly. I was in this movie at one point." Remember right. that? I was in the library. <laughs> Remember me? I I did the uh, hot in here song. Yeah, it's hot in here. Is it? Is there anything that places this movie in two thousand five more than the fact that Nelly is in it? Yeah, I mean, good gracious, ass is bodacious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so basically, he quits the game. He disappoints his team, um. And then he's really like conflicted because he really doesn't want to let his team right. down. So then he, he basically he talks to Stitchy, uh, right. you know, the great he comes Eddie. up to Eddie Bunker and he's like, "Hey, when you you slugged the guard who who later became the warden and then therefore like got a life sentence and you know the, the rest of your life is over, was it worth it?" 
and and Stitchy's like, yeah, it was worth it every fucking second. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and that's enough for uh, him to be like, all right, yeah, fuck it, fuck it. So that was what turned him around. Yes. Okay, I was thinking there was something that before that that turned him around. No, than... that that okay. was it. That was it. All right. So he goes back into the game. So it was it was like this fifteen minute retirement in the second half. <laughs> um, and so so he comes back into the game. By this point, the the mean machine are down by three touchdowns. Uh, right. Yeah, and, and then he uh, so he gets back into the game. He taps in, but of course, at this point, nobody will like you know defend him. Right uh, during the game, so they just let uh, the other team, the guards, tackle him and he's, smack he's him to the ground. He's tackled up the wazoo, yeah. And and Sandler knows what's going on. He's he's like, okay, well, if I got to do it, I'll do it by myself. I'll do I'll do it on my own. And and there's a play where he like, he's he's running the ball in himself, and he loses his helmet. And yeah. somehow the play continues. I mean. Uh, I didn't get that. I mean, I'm not a football game, so I was just like, but I was like, how is that legal? How is that okay? They yeah, wear themselves for a reason. Yeah, like, don't they stop the whole game and be like, hey, put your helmet back on? Or I, I would know. think, but I don't know. Um, Maybe it's because, oh, they're just inmates. They're, we don't care about their brains and their lives. But, but it's a nationally televised game, so you would yeah. think, they would, at least for appearances sake, yeah, maybe. I, I, anyway, I so, so that I think that uh, he shows some hustle that kind of gets the people back on his side a bit. He admits that he threw the game back in the day. Um, yeah, he owed he owed uh, he owed some money to some very dangerous people. Right, because I guess he I guess it was like a Pete Rose type of thing. He got into a gambling situation. Right. Uh, they don't go too into it, but like he's, they really do. It's very vague. <laughs> it's, it's so vague. <laughs> like, like I did a thing. I, yeah, that's pretty much what his confession is. It's he did a thing, and that's that's when Rob Schneider pops up and goes, "You you can do it." Um, right. So then, so then he says, "Yeah, I regretted it, and I don't want to do it again twice in this lifetime." So yeah, let's go. Let's go get right. these guys. Oh, uh, oh, and Burt Reynolds comes in and plays at one point. Right, because I think uh, uh, Nelly, who surprised cameo by Nelly, he yeah. he does a play and he like injures himself. He like gets right. his uh, his legs injured or something. Yeah. And how old is Burt Reynolds at this point? I'm guessing like seventy. He's up there. He's uh, he's an older fellow. Let's see. He he passed away. Uh, yeah, he he would have been around. He would have been around uh, seventy because uh, he passed away in uh, two thousand eighteen at uh, the age of eighty two. So uh, yeah, he he was pushing seventy at this point. Uh, okay, yeah, and he just was like, "All right, I'll go in." I'm like, "Dude, you're, you're, you're." I mean, like, you look great, but that's a bad idea. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, looking, really? you're looking good. The, it's a decent facelift. The hair plugs are looking all right. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Reynolds mustache. Go- well, I mean, come on. Are we going to pretend he didn't have a face with <laughs> the hair plugs? <laughs> no. Both Bruce, Re- both Bruce, both, both Burt Reynolds and Adam Sandler are handsome, beefy men. Okay. Okay. I mean, There's... I'm just saying, I'm just saying, are we pretending that he actually aged like that? <laughs> yeah. You got to suspend disbelief, my friend. Got to suspend it. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, he comes in and he 
place. I, I felt like this was something just put into like appease Burt Reynolds, you know? <laughs> you know, he was like, okay, I'll be in the remake, but I gotta be in the game. <laughs> That's right. And afterwards, you know, a bunch of broads come and uh, take me off the field, right? And and I and I have I have a three way and I and they mentioned my big massive erections. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, Bert, I'll take your notes. I'll uh, give these back to our writing team and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. My God, Bert Reynolds did a ton of movies in the 2000s. Look at this. Uh, he did a ton of them. I don't know any of them. It's uh, yeah. Um. I, I saw him guest star on My Name is Earl. I remember that. Um, yeah. There was a movie called Not Another, Not Another Movie. Oh, dear God. What? Yeah. What the? Oh, my God. Did Burt Reynolds owe money to the mob or something? What the hell is going on with his IMDb listing? This is, I don't know. This is not right. It's, this is like the equivalent of uh, Paul Cruz shaving points. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh my God, what is what the, the hell happened? Okay, Mystery the, Alaska. I've heard of that movie. I've heard of I, that movie. That was in nineteen ninety nine. That's a legit movie. Yes, that was a legit movie. Um, after that, I, this might be this and the Dukes of Hazard movie might be the last movies of his that I've heard of. Everything else is just like a Ponzi scheme or something. I I don't know. I Some don't. Type of, some type of front for the mob. He did an episode of King of Queens the same year as this movie, 2005. Oh my God, what happened? What happened? Oh, uh, Bert. Oh, I want to give uh, you a hug from beyond the grave. <laughs> where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? A nation turns its lonely eyes to you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, another 60s song. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's another thing that yeah, Simon and Garfunkel. That that mm-hmm. marks that we're in the sixties. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, yeah, Burt Reynolds uh, does a play, um, right? And then, uh, and then after, at the very end, uh, the captain William Fincher, the 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 head guard, he comes up and he has this really weird turnaround. He's like, "Hey, uh, Paul Cruz, I know you had nothing to do with caretaker's murder." And I will, I will go to bat for you. And there has right. been absolutely nothing in this movie that leads us to believe that this guy has ever had another side. All we've seen of this guy up until this point is just like evil prison guard. I mean, yeah, that was a weird turn. I mean, because like you said, like I mean, Brown you know, in the Shawshank Redemption would be like, hey, hey, uh, take it back a notch or three. <laughs> um, yeah, but, cause, I mean, yeah, because I mean, basically, like. Uh, I mean, I don't even think we mentioned it, but yeah, the the convicts ends up winning the game. Uh, yeah. Paul Crew uh, scores the winning touchdown. Yeah. Through a trick play. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so like you said, William Fincher's character uh, Nauer says, "Hey, man, I know you didn't have anything to do with it. I'll go to bat for you." And I was like, "Where did that come from? You were all a total." And also, how do you know this? You were not there. You have. <laughs> I mean, how do you have this knowledge? I don't. Is it just because he's seen that uh, Adam Sandler's a good guy at heart? I di- I just didn't get where this plot twist came from at all. I think I think this is where it came from. I think is uh, from the fact that uh, they sh- they did show a scene where uh, the warden was telling the captain now or uh, William Fincher's character that hey yeah. it's okay the fix is in. I told Paul you know Paul's going to play ball. So once you guys get a comfortable 
two touchdown, three touchdown lead, then you can like demolish him and really get him. And then the captain was like, no, you don't have, you don't have to do that. I, we, our team, we can do this. We can, you know, we can win our, on our own. And right. of course the warden was like, no, don't do, you know, you don't get to a man in my position by uh, not, you know, making sure of uh, things are absolutely in the bag. So don't trust me to fix it and you're fine. And I think oh, that, oh, so that, that was like an oblique confession, I guess. Yeah, and I think maybe that bothered the captain. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe he has like you know like a change of heart then, where it's like, hey, this warden's not a good I, guy. Or he's I, I, not a good guy. He's a, he seems so fine and upstanding up until now. I mean, he had that he had that talking pig that he talked to. <laughs> um, that was some pig. <laughs> but you no, know, it turns out he's he's like evil, like he was in uh, in L.A. Confidential. Um, so. Yeah. And I think also the fact that um, yeah. uh, Paul Crew was like con- constantly getting beat down, especially and by his own team. Right. Maybe he sort of gained some uh, respect from him there. But it it is weird that like he turns he in the beginning he's this cartoonishly evil person. It's just, yeah, it's just out of nowhere because like there's nothing to lead us believe that this guy has another side to him, and then yeah. he's just like, "What? You're going to go to bat for him against the evil warden? Really? Okay." I I think. By this point, I was just so disengaged with the movie. I did. I wasn't. The the warden thing went over my head. But wow. yeah, what you say makes sense. All right. So there's that. So uh, yeah. So um, they win the game. Um, and then there's there's also a scene where, like uh, you know, the warden and uh, the captain of Fincher are talking, and yeah. they both look at uh, Paul Crew, and he's like making his way towards the exit of the stadium. Yeah. And I think the warden's like, "Where is he going?" He tries he's to escape. Break for it, yeah. And he's like, yeah. "You have to shoot him. You have to shoot him now on national television in front of all these thousands of people just, in the back. In the back, that'll go well. <laughs> That's a yeah. good idea. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, Fincher's characters are now where he's very hesitant. He's like, I, I can't. In front of all these people, you mean shoot a man in the back? And he's like, yes, that's an order. Shoot him in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, a bulldog for some reason. Um, I yeah. thought that, that was a choice. It was um, a choice. It was a choice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, of course, he hesitates. William Fincher had this trigger on the rifle. He ends up not shooting him. And it turns out he just went to get the game ball. And he comes back and he gives it to uh, uh, the the warden. Yeah, and he's like, "You can like, put oh, this we'll... in your suitcase." It's like, "Oh, yeah. we almost saw an execution on in this movie." All right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would have been a weird ending for the movie. Just Adam Sandler getting <laughs> yeah. shot in the back, and just Adam Sandler dead, and then credits roll. <laughs> yeah, very seventies, very seventies. <laughs> And then just like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> just wistful music. That's how those movies would have ended in the seventies. Not that I've seen yeah. the seventies version, but uh, I don't know if Burt Reynolds dies in the. 70s. I'm going to guess no. <laughs> I don't think he does, but I'll look that up. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then that's, that's the end of the movie. It, uh, it ends with Paul and Nate, uh, Burt Reynolds' character, walking off into. Uh, in the showers and the inmates dumping Gatorade on the on the warden. Yeah, and uh, which again, and you then, think there's got to be some? He he says like a week uh, in the hot box for the two of you. Yeah, uh, and he's, they were like, I don't give a shit. And then we yeah. get a Nelly's. Then we get a Nelly song. Right. <laughs> Credits. Weird ending, man. <laughs> it was. It was a little weird. 
weird i i i didn't like this movie i didn't think it was very good uh, <laughs> uh i mean i thought it was all right hey i'm not i'm not the target audience for this because i'm not particularly an adam sandler fan i'm not a football fan so not a lot there for me but but i can enjoy the odd sports movie i mean i you know i love rudy i'm not i'm not made of wood <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean a good sports movie when it's really well done it can really get you get your blood pumping get you get you standing up and cheering and this yeah this movie didn't it didn't work for me and i i didn't think it was particularly funny either um i think it had it for me it had its moments yeah. um i think I, I still think chris rock had some funny lines like yeah. uh, when he saw when he saw nelly running see how fast he was he was like oh that boy's yeah. got sleigh feet and i was like oh yeah. Jesus, that's, that, that was pretty funny um but yeah overall i thought i thought uh I mean, this this movie's almost two hours. I was like, this didn't need to be two hours. This could have it, it, it feels longer than two hours, honestly. You could, yeah, you could have shaved off some time, but yeah. I thought it was enjoyable enough. I'll give it. I'll say that. Like maybe. Uh, well, maybe I'm glad you enjoyed it more than I did. Uh, wow. <laughs> enjoyable, not enough. Yeah, that's kind of where it fell for me. Um, wow. And uh, so I'm looking at the ending of the original movie, and it, it ends pretty much exactly. The same way this movie ended. It ended with Crew almost getting shot in the back hmm. by Nower, but he doesn't. Nower doesn't shoot him because of his newfound respect for Crew. He tra- Where, he was, what, was the game nationally televised in the original movie? Um, I'm question. curious about that. I mean, because ESPN wasn't a thing in 1974, so. Um, I don't see anything about it, mm. but um. So maybe they just did that. They just added yeah. the ESPN two angle to, yeah, you know, be all to fancy. Pants. I'm, I'm vaguely curious about the original because I'm thinking uh, it has to be a better movie than this one. Um, but uh, yeah, so. But yeah, uh, that's our review, guys. The longest yard. Um, not, yard. It's. I thought it was so so. John thought it uh, sucked shit. <laughs> yeah um this, this is some, a little bit of interesting uh trivia on this movie um uh ed louder who played uh the prison guard the statistic prison guard in the original movie he has a cameo appearance in this movie he apparently was just visiting the set and then he met with adam sandler and adam sandler was like let's let's uh, get you a part in here and so they did that that that's kind of nice yeah that's pretty cool I think that's cool um as we said before is edward bunker's last film gary oldman was in talks to play the prison warden but negotiations fell through Ooh. Um, i would have loved it if he just played the prison warden the same way he played uh the pimp drexel in true romance that would oh. <laughs> see i was thinking about his character in uh the professional everyone either one of those would have worked for me that that would have added some more hilarity for me um yes. <laughs> Um. Uh, let's see what else there was. There was something else that I spotted that I wanted to say, and now I've Snoop Dogg was attached to the film but dropped out. I could see that. I w- I'm going to assume it was in the Nelly part because um, I just can't imagine what other part Snoop Dogg might have played. Snoop Dogg again, whisper thin lad. Um, I can't Ooh. imagine him playing football. He is a he's skinny, like a, skinny man. <laughs> he's like he's like a scarecrow. Yeah, I guess all the weed keeps your weight down or something. That's um, right. <laughs> I know. Oof. He's he's slender. It's it's kind of funny that uh, Courtney Cox just pops up 
at the beginning of the movie and then does not heard from again at all. You yeah, don't even that, watching the game at the end. Yeah, that was weird. Like she's just it was lit- she's literally there. I guess it was like a day of shooting. Just yeah, right after right after the opening, we just never hear. She never she's never mentioned again. We never see her again. It's just like yeah, in and out. I mean, understandably, I mean, they're not really a thing anymore, but it might have been funny to see her just watching the game and reacting to it or something. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah, I guess I guess Courtney Cox is just doing Adam Sandler a favor or, you know, she had a weekend free from. <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, I mean, because aside from her, she, this whole movie is pretty much a sausage party. Just wall. Well, yeah. Movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, here, here it is. Uh, here was the thing I was. Uh, it says, while many of the inmates are seen with long hair and or facial hair, in reality, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice requires inmates to be clean shaven and their hair trimmed from the back of the hair and necks, essentially ensuring everyone is bald and beardless. Yes. Smoking has also been strictly forbidden in Texas prisons since 1994. So that's that's why this movie didn't work for me. It's, it's based on a lie. Right. There was that one scene where uh, Torres was on the field and, like, you know, getting ready to play, and he had a cigarette dangling out of his mouth. And I'm like, that's that's that, not. That seems unrealistic. Um, it looks badass, but that's not real. This is the second highest grossing sports comedy of all time with uh, Whoa. another Adam Sandler vehicle, The Waterboy, taking the top spot. Oh, shit. And I didn't know. Sports comedy. That's, that's the qualifier. Oh. So. Mm. Okay, that's how they. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. by the way, it's it's only five of the six members of D twelve who made cameo appearances. What? Well, the the missing six member was Eminem. Oh right, of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. So it wasn't fully D twelve. It was D eleven. Yeah. Got it. I guess so. I guess so. Or or maybe since it's six members, they count for two, so it'd be like D ten. I'm mm. not. I'm not quite sure how the math would work out, but. Uh, well, okay. Whoa! It says here, Burt Reynolds was supposed to have a stunt double for when he got hit by Brian Bosworth on a touchdown run, but Reynolds insisted on doing it himself, saying, I got one run left in me. Bosworth himself was honored by the whole situation, saying, who else can say they got run over by Burt Reynolds? Uh, Reynolds went through the hit in one take with no injuries, though he had to be helped off the field. The shots used in the movie of him being helped off the field were not staged. Wow. That is interesting. Um, He's... Dude in his seventies doing that? Like I Well, he was pushing not... seventy. He was yeah. All right. But I mean, still, well, you know. kudos to Burt Reynolds. I mean, yeah, that I... may have been an ego thing, but god damn. Yeah, I can't do that shit now. No. And I'm a he... semi healthy man. <laughs> and he made it through without like breaking a hip. Well, okay. All right. Wow. I... Burt Reynolds, I take back the mean things I said about you. Yeah, see there you go. All right. That's 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 pretty fucking manly. <laughs> yeah. But Reynolds, we salute you. We salute you, Burt Reynolds, R.I.P. Um, we're sorry you had to do so much crap in the last decade of your life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Burt Reynolds is really getting to business on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so The Longest Yard. I mean, it, it might be a movie to see if you like Adam Sandler and or football. Uh, if you don't, uh, you can give it a mess. Yeah. I... I mean, I, I thought it was all right, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't enough to, for me to say, oh, you got to watch this. Like, I, I could have taken it or leave or left it. Yeah. Nothing to write home about for me. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. And uh, that's our episode, guys. Thanks again so much for listening, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, 
As always, you can follow us on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. Yes. And, um, you know, tweet at us. Let us know what's up. What's on your mind? What's on your heart? What's on mm. your, uh, any other part of your body? Uh, well, no, don't yes. do that. That's, that's gross. And, no, um, yeah, don't, don't, don't let us know. Yeah, we, we yeah. hope the parts of your body are doing well, but we don't need to know about it. Yeah, yeah, we don't, don't, we're not your doctor. I and, mean, uh, unless you just like survive getting tackled by Brian Bosworth, then, then that's interesting. But uh, then let, yes, let us yeah. know that we want pictures. Let us know under those circumstances. But uh, yeah, you can follow us on the Twitter at SNL Nerds Show, and you can also follow our individual Twitter accounts. Uh, mine happens to be at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. And mine happens to be at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. Twitter yeah. and Instagram. <gasps> so, yeah, yeah. Give us a follow on theirs. And, yeah, we always we always enjoy the followers. We like the followers and the stuff. We, you know what we also like? We also like uh, the podcast getting rated and reviewed. So, uh if you do that and you you say something cool, uh, we'll read that on the on the podcast. Yeah, and you know what else we like? We like money, cold hard cash. So, mm-hmm. want to donate some uh, shekels to our Patreon at non-productive.com. Yep, and uh, hey, and it just so happens I've got a, uh, another thing to plug. Uh, there's an anth- there's a book anthology that I'm in uh, called Ooh. "The Fans Are Buried Tales." And there's actually a Kickstarter uh, project that's uh, started up for that. That's uh, you know like raising the money. Basically, uh, like the the payment for the authors is coming out of that. Um, they tell the whole story. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an anthology about a bunch of people snowed in at a uh, science fiction convention, and uh, people start telling stories to each other, like like the Canterbury Tales. And uh, so it's uh, each story is like uh, representing a different fandom, and it's it's pretty cool. So I've got a story in there called "The Prose Tale Slash Two Mystery Men Walk Into a Bar," and that uh, Kickstarter is happening until uh, March first. So uh, yeah, check that out. Do a, do a search on Kickstarter for "Fans Are Buried," and you'll find that. Oh, right on! That sounds mm-hmm. great. So yeah, guys, please check that out. Please, please, yeah. please support my writing efforts, people. Yeah, support. We need your support. We need yeah. support from people like you. Yes. And uh, next week, we're going to do something else. We're not entirely decided on it yet. Yeah, we're still uh, trying to figure out what to do, what not to do, because, uh, you mm-hmm. know, we got it a free week before the uh, SNL kicks back in again. Maybe we'll put yep. out a poll. Maybe we'll do that. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe we should do a poll with some of the top candidates. We haven't done that in a little while. We might need a little help deciding. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. not a bad idea. Yeah, or you know, we have or we have some ideas cooking in the back that we some mm-hmm. movies that people have pitched us uh, throughout the years. So maybe we'll do one of those. <laughs> we, we don't know yet. It'll be a it'll be a nice surprise in spring on you, good people. It's uh, a mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mystery. We don't know ourselves. We're going to be just as surprised as you are. Right. So, all right. Well, I think I think that's about everything, right? We we covered it all. I think we, we did, did all right. I think we're, I think yeah. we're trying to land this plane. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you next week when you tune in to the podcast. And until then, nerd out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.